welcome to yet another episode of Beyond the Present Podcast. My name is Daniel Morgan, and today I'm joined live by Pujix from Canada. Hey there, my man. How's it going? Life is fantastic. Thank you again. It's wonderful to have you. And we have a new guest on board for the first time on the show. Her name is Megavi Patel. I call her Meg. So, Meg, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you, Dan. How are you? I am doing terrific. So for our listeners out there who might want to actually get to know you, why don't you go ahead and tell us a bit about yourself and your background? Yes, sure. So I am, um, I'm a young professional in the environmental field. Um, you know, that's what I studied. That's where I did my master's. And, and that's my job in Toronto. Um, but on the side, I'm also very, very passionate when it comes to animals. So I started my nonprofit just, um, just three months ago. Wow. And first of all, why did you decide to start a nonprofit exactly for like animals, especially? So what was your motive behind this action? Um, I so actually I started three months ago, but I've been involved with this for you can say three years or or my whole life. I, um, you know, I grew up. (laughs) Yeah, I was actually born in India, but I grew up in in Canada, in Toronto. Um, However, I remember my childhood spent with like all the stray uh, animals in in India. And so even while growing up here, I was just very, very fond, um, fond of animals. And I've been doing a lot of volunteering. So through through my volunteering, I saw um, where the missing gaps were, which is why I started this. Fantastic. So you right now have this experience of running a nonprofit organization. And today's topic actually is about management of organizations, companies, and businesses, and how it feels like to run and found your own organizations. So let's first get started with Pujix, as always. Pujix, first of all, you yourself, uh, why don't you go ahead and right now tell us a solid definition of what it means to run and manage your own organization. I mean, like, from your perspective, how does it feel like to actually become the, let's just say, uh, the author of the book of your business and start doing things by yourself in your own way? What is your perspective on that? Right. Actually, I think you put it really nicely, the analogy of author of a book. I think is a relatively good uh, analogy, and you know, it's, it's a, so as an author of a book, you're you have com- you would say complete con- control over the content of the book. Uh, in the case of the organization or the business, you have a relatively uh, good um, you know control over the course of uh, course of things. And but that, at, the, at the same time, you're also completely responsible for everything. Exactly. So it's all about uh, taking charge being responsible and taking lead of your own vision. And it's so true. And right now, let's move on to Meg. So Meg, you have already started your own nonprofit. And may I ask about your other job? So you, uh, do you work in another business or something? Or do you have your other, uh, basically, perhaps you work at a job right now? Right, right. I do, I, do, I, do, I do like a career, I guess, a nine to five, as you would call it. That's right. Um, I work, yeah, I work for uh, energy and um like I work in energy and environmental consulting for mm-hmm. one of Canada's uh, largest residential landlords. Interesting. That's a very fancy name. But in reality, I think your true passion actually is about running your own thing and being a manager, being your own boss, basically. But that, of course, depends on how your boss currently treats you. I mean, like, do you hate your boss? I hope he's not listening, actually. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, I actually don't hate him. He's very like, cool. <laughs> so imagine, come here, Meg. I was uh, randomly browsing through iTunes and I happened to watch your show. Interesting. By the way, the door's right there. Have a nice day. But overall, uh, let's just uh, talk about yourself because 
if you have you know the the audacity to actually start your own nonprofit organization, this probably means you have a lot going on for yourself, and more, more importantly, you are probably a natural born leader. So. Why don't you think about? Why don't you think about, uh, for example, creating your own business instead of just working for somebody else? No, I um, I definitely have. I I actually will uh, down the line. I even know a few things that I you know want to do in terms of business as well. Um, but right now, I'm just you know gaining a lot of experience from the work where I'm at. Of course, very uh, but good. My, but my leadership skills, yeah, are still being used w- with the nonprofit. Fantastic. <laughs> Bravo. So right now, let's get started uh, in terms of how we can actually uh, start our own organizations and run them. So Pujix, do you have any fancies about running your own business, starting your own organization, company, or small business? Well, give or take, I think I always had some sort of like fantasies or, or thoughts, uh, thought experiments. Yeah, I do like to basically uh, do my own thing and, and uh, you know, uh, take my initiatives towards a certain purpose or goal. So yeah, that's that's all, all obviously on, on my list for sure. Interesting. So uh, how about you, Meg? If you ever wanted to run your own business, other than your current nonprofit, that is, of course, what type of small or large business would you actually like to run for yourself? Um, so I am still very passionate about the environmental field. So wow. I would still do a business that's within this field, trying to help um, you know small businesses go green uh, when it comes to conserving energy and also saving money. Wow. Well, let's just tell that to Donald Trump, who believes that global warming is a bunch of lies by fake news. We're all fine. We need coal. Burn the coal, baby. So that's, of course, a true uh, fact that we have to consider. Uh, but right now, let us actually talk about the nitty gritty and how we can actually go about starting a business, running it, managing it, and becoming the boss, basically. But before that, Pujix, what are the qualities that are required of someone who is uh, audacious enough to actually run their own business and become the boss of their organization? What are some requirements in terms of characteristics, personality, and uh, habits that will be uh, essential for running a business or running your own organization? Right. So as, as a person who's, who, who, for example, I'm not a leading person in, in, in the job, I, I will take my directions from that particular leader, right? That that uh, business person, or it doesn't have to be a business person, or the manage, manager or something. That's right. So so I get my organization, I get my goals, day-to-day goals, I get my path very well paved by that person. I'll just make the effort to make it nicer and just uh, follow it through and uh, do the things that presumably end up in, 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 a, in a good result, uh, in a de- desirable result. But as a, as a person, who you're now being the manager or leader uh, or uh, initiator, then you have to have uh, those visions. You have to create those those paths. But more importantly, you have to be really on top of your game. You have to be very organized. I, I feel like because there are so many things uh, coming at you at once mm-hmm. and nobody's there to tell you what to do or not to do. Exactly. So it's all you. So I think organization is a very key factor here, obviously along, uh, among other things. But uh, So true. you got to be sure. well organized and disciplined. It's so true. So, Meg, what do you think? What are the qualities and characteristics required okay. for somebody who would like to establish their own business, run their organization, and become basically right. autonomous? 
Right. So like I can talk about, you know, if you're ever a founder of your of an idea or of a business of a nonprofit, um, if, if it's just you that's starting this, I feel like one of the main things that I've learned, what's important is what how you present. You can have a great social media presence. You can have a great website, but you have to make sure you're showing that when you're outside in public. So are you actually walking the talk? Mm-hmm. Um, like you have to embody what you're you know, what your business is about. Interesting. So embodying, what does that mean? Like you have to like have this, you know, huge swagger as you walk, like, yo, check this out, baby. Check out my watch. No. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, you saw that Rolls Royce? Oh, by the way, that belongs to me. That's right. So what is exactly walking the talk and embedding that qualities when you're out and about and not just on social media and on your website? Um, well, I, so let me, I can talk, give you a few examples. That's so, right. As I said, I, I, um, I founded Animal Care Zone, right, which is a non-for-profit for animals. And That's so right. I'm, you know, and, and I truly believe in being compassionate towards all living beings. And so in my life, I try to show that like with my lifestyle. So, you know, I'm, I'm plant-based. Um, I go out for activism events. Like, you know, I, I'm in the community. The community knows, um, like, you know, that I, I really am caring about what I started another right another example is even if you have like you're you're doing a business idea which is you know I I know a lot of um, innovators um, who are in the environmental aspect as well that because that's my nine-to-five so I do know some people there and and to show that they embody like their work there they really are green people you know Mm -hmm. they they really do try try their best to live that life um, and I think that's really important and it makes people trust you. It makes people, it makes you having integrity. Very nice. You know? So true. Integrity. I think it's, I mean, that trust, if people do not, I mean, like they say they don't care uh, how much you know until they know how much you care, right? So that level of trust yeah. in your brand and what you're representing ultimately carries a heavy weight in terms of how much success you will have down the line. It's so true. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to actually move on to Pujix here and ask him about his own personal style of management and leadership in case he decides to found or run his organization. So Pujix, what do you think about your own personal style? Let's say you have an idea or a vision for a certain company, product, organization, nonprofit or for profit, doesn't really matter. How do you think you personally would actually go about founding this organization and then running it and leading it? Do you think of your style of leadership more, let's say, uh, autocratic, or do you tend to have a more democratic approach towards leadership? What is your general approach for yourself if you yourself ever wanted to run an organization? Oh, definitely. I, I would. I, I do value, like as as it is. I do value inputs a lot. It doesn't mean, and that's like advice or other people's opinion. And that is not to say that I'm going to adopt it uh, right off the bat. It means that I consider it. Um, and I do like the idea of leading by example, as Meg was was mentioning. Uh, well, she was mentioning it in a different context, but even in, in management, like if you expect your your, for example, your employee to be hard worker, he can't be sitting on your laurels and just, you know, smoking cigarettes and expecting so everybody true. else to do the thing for you. Unfortunately, right? I know a couple so, of managers who are just like that, unfortunately. It just happens to be right. that way. Right. So, that, well, that's, that's sort of the stereotype, the, the bad manager or, or I don't know, whatever. So uh, point being that I think leading by example is a good, is a good uh, motivator even uh, among the people who are uh, looking up to you and working for you. 
So true. So true. How about you, uh, Mag? Uh, what do you describe your style of uh, basically management and organization when it comes to running your own, uh, let's say, companies? Right now, you're nonprofit. Like, how do you lead that? How do you actually control and manage it? Sure. Sure. So I do have a board of directors team um, who I sort of oversee and they, they help me as well. And we also have volunteers. And so what I do is the, the board of directors team, some of them have special talents, such as one of the one of the women on there, she's very good with HR. So she's handling all the volunteers. Somebody's handling finances. Somebody's handling my graphic designers. And so um, when, when, with my board, what I do is they, they know what part they're supposed to manage and so they have um autonomy over that they and i trust them enough and we've talked about it we went through the overall strategy and then now it's up to them i've given them the freedom to uh, think about how they would like to deploy our strategy and meet the results so i i try not to step on too many feet oh boy (laughs) of the people who are helping me because I, I want them to feel empowered. Like I want them to feel that they have ownership over this as well. Uh, Cause I feel like the more you allow people to do tasks on their own, they feel more involved in your cause and they wow. feel like they have a purpose Interesting. For, for being a part of it. And yeah. The way you talk around, right I, I just want to write literally work for you right now. The way just, just, it seems so romantic and so kind, like literally, do you want to work <laughs> with this? That'll be very great. If you could possibly make it at seven thirty or eight thirty or nine thirty or 10 or whatever time is good for you. All right. That's very nice. I like it. <laughs> Dad, I'm not a pushover, but they, <laughs> that's very nice. Know what's expected, but they have the autonomy to figure out how they're going to meet the expectations. That's true. Actually, I was uh, I'm actually impressed by the way you do this because I don't know how old are you right now, uh, Meg. I'm I'm 26. That's amazing. At the age of 26, running a, a, like your own nonprofit at this level is just quite magnificent, quite impressive. But speaking of that, uh, I mean, I want you to actually right now tell us some of the things you've learned in the process of founding this nonprofit because I'm pretty sure it's not that easy. And I'm also quite certain that you have changed in the process and become someone a lot better than you used to. So how do you think being the founder of this organization has changed you actually? How has it changed me? Okay. Um, well, it's made me so much more busier. <laughs> Which is very good, I guess. Because I like being busy. I don't know about you, but I love being busy. Um, I, I'm busy, but I'm. I, uh, my dog is probably not too happy. His walks have reduced a little bit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's got to be a problem. That's right. Um, all right. So, no, realistically, um, how it's changed me is, um, you know, I – uh, let me think. In a way, I've always been okay. So I think to to found to find something, you do have to have a very strong networking sense. Exactly. Um, and have to be out and about. Have to be talking to people. And I, I feel, um, you know, I feel like I had a, a helping hand. I already had a good footing in that field because I've always been friendly, always been chatty. Um, but one of the things I noticed that changed about me is now, you know, when I'm out making contacts, I'm. I do it strategically. I, I try to really, and I think you have to, I think you have to be friendly. You have to know what the other person's saying, but you have to think about, okay, how can I help them and how can they help me? Exactly. Other, you know, other times I just be like, Oh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. But now I I'm thinking I have my like strategic brain on when I meet people. Wow. That seems very cool. So like, like, like this Terminator, like I, like with this guy, you got to be a lot more polite. That's very good. I like it. So the thing is this, ultimately we are talking about becoming a founder and to yes. have a vision and make it a reality. But ultimately let's just explain to our listeners the difference between a leader 
and a manager because sometimes these two are confused and these are not identical. There's a lot of differences between a manager and a leader. And I would like to actually ask you guys uh, some of your thoughts about this. So, Pujiks, how do you distinguish a leader from a manager? Because these are quite different. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, manager, well, you can you can have a... So, um, that's actually really hard to put, but uh, I'm going to skip over that for a second because I have to... So, a manager, you can have... A, first of all, you can have many managers. That's um, right. You usually cannot have too many leaders. Otherwise, Interesting. it's going to be lead different directions that's right if, if you're if you're going towards a certain goal you want one or well probably one but a few in general leaders that take you in uh, in the same trajectory maybe slightly different directions which could be good because that uh, works out to the natural selection whichever is best mm-hmm. will win essentially if you will that's right. but but ultimately you want to keep the trajectory in the same direction but managers are different though like you have you can have many managers and that is they manage a certain aspect of something mm-hmm. so for example if you're if the goal of the company is to i don't know like Let's uh, let's take Google for example, or organize the information in the world, or something like that. I'm not pretty completely sure if that's the one, but uh, I think that's one of them. Um, so so you you have one or well, one CEO, a couple of boards of directors, well, probably more than a couple, but a few boards of directories, and then they are essentially the leaders of, that give you directions, whatnot. But you have probably tens or hundreds or thousands of managers in Google. Exactly. And that is they oversee a much smaller task that is envisioned to take the whole company towards that direction. These are all correct. And Meg, any other differences between managers and leaders from your perspective? Yeah, I'll just say, I just adding on, I feel like leaders, you know, have a vision and they're able to get people on board with their vision, mm-hmm. right? And and leaders like show you the way, but they allow you to take your own steps to Precisely. get there. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Ultimately, as you all mentioned, leadership is about transferring your enthusiasm and vision to others and helping them to achieve and realize that vision. Whereas a manager is predominantly an organizer, somebody who says, okay, we got to do this. We got to do this. So we're going to do So it's basically about organizing the environments. And generally speaking, from my perspective, especially for those who run a small business, their aim should be to become a leader, not a manager, because a leader is required to give motivation, direction, yes. and insight into why it is important for the team to work together, why we are in it together. For example, you yourself, Meg, what vision did you try to impart to your board members and to your own, basically, uh, staff members who wanted to work with you on this uh, basically project of the nonprofit? Right. The the vision of, of our nonprofit is that, you know, we we want to go into areas where people are not going. We want to go into rural, underdeveloped areas and actually care about, you know, the forgotten, the forgotten stray animals, the neglected animals. And so our, our market is that, you know, we're going into areas where people have just like forgotten about them or they're so remote and isolated that it's hard to get to. So it's like providing a need, and that was the vision. Like, let's provide the need where it actually exists. And how did you persuade your, basically, board to somehow agree with you on this one? How did you uh, somehow try to do, – do they already have, basically, from your perspective, this uh, inner calling for saving and rescuing and helping animals? Or they were actually quite indifferent towards the subject, and then it was you who had to bring them on board? Sure. So um, – t- 
three of my board members, actually, they're they're all to be to be completely fair, they're all um, you know they recognize the suffering, and they wanted to help you know eliminate the suffering. But there are some people who are more um, you know into the animal welfare scene, and there are some others you know who just who just want to help out, and I appreciate that as well. Um, but you know either way, some of the board members have been influenced by by my passion, by my motivation, and so they've joined the cause to help me. And other board members were are just extremely big animal lovers. So true. Great. I love it. Uh, Ultimately, we believe that leadership is the key to success in all group activities, whatever it might be. And knowing how to do so is important. However, let's be honest, guys, the world isn't all rainbow and sunshine. There are times where things don't go your way. There are times where you want to perhaps convey a message to your audience or to your staff members and they do not get it. Or perhaps there are some expectations that are not met. So in those uh, dire situations, let's talk about how we can actually manage those as founders, leaders, and uh, owners of organizations. So Pooja, let's say you have an idea for uh, let's say startup and then we all the plans are assigned and all the tasks are delegated to certain people and at some some point something goes wrong or people somehow fail to deliver on what was promised earlier in those situations what is your typical uh, style of management leadership do you tend to somehow start punishing them i don't know i will fire you or something what is your general philosophy on dealing with those cases where the message was conveyed the vision is there but people are not delivering how do you react in that situation right i think it's it, it can be very different from case to case so there's no one way or one strategy but i'm going to give you uh, a broader philosophy that might help the the way I think about it. If I'm if I'm doing something, whether it's for profit, non non not for profit, or whatever it is, there is a cause there, and you're trying to achieve something. And first of all, it has to be important to you. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time and other people's time, perhaps. So that that's the first step, and it is presumably it is important to me. <clears throat> Having said that, um, we we as humans have the tendency to forget very easily, although. Mm-hmm. The individuals in the in the system might have very you know uh, uh, motivated reasons to believe in the same cause as you do, or you have inspired them to, as Meg was mentioning. Uh, however, when you're going about your day to day life, uh, it's very easy to lose sight of that cause, and that exactly. could be that's that's usually the reason that somebody either neglects something or makes a mistake or or or, or falls short on deadlines or something like that. So. I think enforcing that in a way or the other on a day-to-day basis or on a week-to-week basis uh, could could make a huge difference. Of course, there are always uh, individuals who are just genuinely not interested or not not trying to play by the rules, and that's a different story. Maybe you have to go a little bit more dire, uh, take a dire approach on that. Fantastic. So, Meg, what do you think about this matter? Because you've already been into this. Let's say you want to do yeah. something. There are certain plans. Things don't go your way. How do you react in such situations? Um, so if, if, you know, people are not delivering or if something doesn't go my way, uh, I would first if, if it's if it's a people issue, I would really try to speak to that person, um, especially if they know my vision. They're they're they said yes and they're a part of the team. Um, but if if that doesn't if it's not working out, um, I would really recommend. And I know we hear this all the time, but I really think it's important to actually talk to that person um, or even to have a phone call instead of texting. Maybe mm. I think to have a re- real real voice behind your concern is is really important and for me what I've always done is I really believe in transparency so I I just go and say you know 
this is supposed to be ha- like this is due we're supposed to do this by Wednesday it's already Monday can you just let me know if you can't do it oh, with, with you know, this exact I, tonality because you call to actually let them know and let them hear your tonality so with that exact tonality like so listen buddy we got a de- deal here man what's going on so like do you tend to like get angry shout or like do you no. use a, like like raise your voice or do you tend to somehow act very no. politely and calmly No, I don't. I don't raise my voice um, because you know th- this is people are people are trying to help, and I know they're in it for a good cause, and so I don't raise my voice at all. But I do show concern. I say, you know, it was Wednesday because we have like the sponsor waiting to hear back from us, and it w- this is why it was. I, I state why it was important, why that mm-hmm. deadline was important, what we're missing out if we don't do it by this deadline, and at the end, if you can't do it, just please be transparent with me and let me know so I can get somebody else to do it. Bravo. You see, you, you really are perhaps the kindest founder I've ever met. Like the way you're t- – like literally I, – I don't want to call you a pushover whatsoever. This is like really – I think of you as a typical like an ideal female founder, like literally. Like never shouting, never do anything, never trying to demean or belittle your staff. That's just wonderful. I like it. So with that being said, let's just give some tips to our audience uh, who might actually want to start their own nonprofit or their own startup or their own company or a small business. Pujix, sure. what are some of your tips for those of our listeners who might be actually interested in becoming a founder themselves? I mean, what steps should they go through and what are the requirements for them to actually get this started? Well, I mean, I, I briefly mentioned this a few minutes ago. Um, and and I do this on every single – not, not every single, but every single major decisions of my life. And that is – Why do I care? Why do I want to, for example, in this case, why do I want to actually do take this initiative? Why do I want to be an entrepreneur or or non for profit or open up this non for profit for whatever reason? And and the cause itself is is good, but you have to understand at the, at the same time that um, you know there are there are consequences and. Uh, by consequences, I mean like uh, there are sacrifices you have to make. Absolutely, it's not like you can go about your life the way it was, and and everything else will happen magically. It's not like everybody has twenty four hours per day, seven days per week, and thirty uh, and three sixty five days per year. Although it's occasionally, I think there are some years that are three hundred sixty six years, three hundred sixty six days. I'm not sure about that, but I heard that basically just to, just for our listeners to point it out. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Bottom line is everybody has the same amount of time. So time true, man. So true. Fear, right? So you're, if you're embarking on an endeavor that takes up your time, then you have to cut off on some other things, right? So bottom line is I have to – when I'm trying to start any initiative, well, obviously such a thing takes a lot of effort. So especially this effort, uh, this kind of initiative. Then I would want to make sure that, you know, uh, why? Why is it? Does it worth it? Is is the outcome that I'm looking for uh, outweighs the the sacrifices that I'm putting in and all that? So because what, if you're not sure down the line, at some point you're gonna either give up or be uh, be, be very drought, uh, drag yourself all the time, hate yourself, your surroundings, ultimately your employees inside the organization, in your family, everybody's gonna be affected by that mood. Exactly. So absolutely, you want to be absolutely sure that this is what you want to commit yourself to. It's such a big thing that it's probably going to take years, if not more, of your time. Precisely. A lot of people look at entrepreneurs, founders like Meg, for example, and guys like us who start something. But 
the truth of the matter is it's not easy. I mean, like it looks very glamorous on the surface, but when you actually deep, uh, you know, dig deeper, you understand that uh, it's really difficult. It takes a tremendous amount of your time. There are all going to be a lot of failures and obstacles. I mean, right now Meg has started her basically nonprofit, but I'm pretty sure she has dealt with a lot of obstacles, a lot of setbacks. And she's like, oh my gosh, how are we going to get out of this mess this time, right? So Meg, what are your advices and uh, suggestions for our listeners who might want to actually become somebody like you? They want to open up, let's say, their own business or they want to run their nonprofit. What are some of the ways they can actually become a founder themselves? Sure. Um, so a couple of ideas here. So I think first thing is you need to have a network in, in your field of interest. That's right. Um, Number one yeah, skill required have- networking. You can't do it alone. You got to get people on your side. Yes, so totally, true. totally. Um, and and number two is like you need to do background research um, of your idea. Like you need to really strongly evaluate your idea. Interesting. What or, do you mean exactly by evaluating your idea? Like like trying to find sure. out if it's realistic or not, or if it's too or, much. Yeah. Sure. Interesting. Uh, sorry, Dan. I, I what I meant what I meant to say is like you know like what evaluate your idea. Like what's in the if if you're selling something, mm-hmm. what's in the market already. Mm-hmm. Um, how is your idea unique? Is there something exactly. you're offering that we, we call this the unique are- selling proposition USP, which actually was taught to me by Brian Tracy. Ultimately, you want to focus on what makes your product service idea or vision unique and different. This is used in publishing books. This is used in actually running your own companies, having your brand or logo. You want to ask yourself, what is unique about this approach? What is it that we are doing that it has not been done before? Interesting. Anything else, Maggie, that you want to add? I think also when you have an idea, you need to ask your, like, ask friends or ask people who who know they'll uh, they will give you the truth. Ask them to just criticize it. Tell them wow. your idea and be like, you know what? Knock my idea down, please. Like, how how do you see this failing? Ask ask uh, respected people how you see how they see it might be failing, and then you can work around that. Interesting. So you look for feedback. But what if, let's say, you ask from certain people who happen to not somehow like you very much and they give you all sorts of negative feedbacks? In that case, like, let's say, like, let me tell you something, Meg, about your idea. There are some parts of it that are wrong. And by some, I mean, the whole idea is just not going to work. So, like, how do you respond to such cases? I mean, how do you uh, keep yourself motivated if you hear so many negative feedback? Sure. So, I mean, I hope, I hope people don't ask those people, ask somebody who likes you, but who oh. knows they'll give you, the, you know, that you'll get the truth from like somebody exactly. who, whose brain works well, who can think of, you know what, Meg, I think this might be a problem. Why don't you look at this to fix it? You know, somebody who can help you, like give you constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. But before you start with any idea, you do need to foresee, make a list, try to foresee problems that you might face. So true. Any other tips or advice for basically our listeners who might want to become founders? Because you have a lot of great ideas and I'm quite impressed by your uh, level of command over your ideas about running a business or nonprofit despite uh, basically having been there. I don't know for how long your nonprofit has been in place actually. Um, we just registered August 28th. Amazing. So like- amazing. Yeah. Just got started. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Fresh off the ground and I'm Quite hopeful that you guys are, are going to somehow get great results and save all the animals out there. And by the animals, I mean the real animals, not the people that we don't like that we call animals. But <laughs> overall, <laughs> so you you haters out there, this is not for you. This is for the real animals. So with that being said, let us just uh, somehow run through the whole program. And just uh, I personally would like to give one quick 
tip for all of our listeners, and that is about having the courage to stand up for what you believe in. Because understand that if you are working for someone, you do not have to deal so much with all the BS that comes from uh, the outside world, and you, you have a lot less doubts. It's just a job. Just here's a task. Get it done. However, when it comes to running your own business or having your own passion or having your own vision for your company, you somehow will have a lot of doubts. This is always going to be the case. Like all leaders at some point will face with the situation, but somehow doubt themselves. Is that really true? Is it really worth it? Are we on the right path? So ultimately, focus on uh, those moments where the doubt comes in and prepare yourself for them, knowing that ultimately doubt will uh, always be there. Not long ago, I was actually watching uh, basically one of the uh, Gary V's uh, vlogs regarding his uh, ventures in uh, Sydney, Australia. And this guy is always asking a lot of questions. He has a lot of doubts, but despite all of that, he pushes forward. So having that uh, ability to just uh, feel the doubt and just keep pushing forward itself is going to be a huge asset for all the uh, future founders as well as uh, entrepreneurs. So with that being said, we're approaching the end of the show. Let's try to somehow wrap up the show and reach a Final comment. So, Pujix, uh, respect uh, with respect to what we just uh, mentioned earlier regarding leadership, management, and becoming a founder. What are your final thoughts for our listeners to somehow wrap up the discussion? Yeah, I mean, we talked a lot about how difficult it is, and I don't want this to be discouraging. Although this is the truth, right? So, so you want to get your facts straight, but you, the courage that you mentioned uh, is the fact that you, yes, you you made up your mind. You weighed everything against each other, but ultimately you're, uh, you know, uh, you are basically saying, okay, this is worth it. And I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's very important that ultimately don't be scared, be courageous, but at the same time, um, uh, you know, deal with the facts. So, so know everything, but still be courageous. Yeah. Be courageous. You got to risk it to get the biscuit. That's very important. Absolutely. How about you, Meg? Uh, what What is your basically final thought for a listener after what we discussed regarding being a founder, as well as a leader, as well as the basically uh, an, an entrepreneur? Um, so I actually wanted to add on to what you said, Dan. I strongly uh, believe that you should not give up, even if you do meet those horrible people who just like completely knock you down and your <sighs> idea down. If you, if you, yeah, I know. If you really believe in it, you should not not give up. Smile at them. Say, hey, thank you for all of that. Uh, go home, write what they said down, and think of ways how you'll handle if what they said happens, and then and then you're fine. As long as you know how to handle it, or as long as you are prepared that it, whatever they said might happen sometime, then then you're fine. But don't let those people discourage you, and always remember why you started, why why that idea came into your mind, why you were so persistent behind it, like what you know remember why you started. And I think that will help with all the doubts that you have. What a great perspective. And uh, I want to thank both of you, Pujix and Meg, for your great ideas. It was quite wonderful to have you both on board, especially you, Meg, for the first time. You just, uh, I'm still surprised by your uh, depth of knowledge in this case. And I really wish you success with respect to your nonprofit. Hopefully in the coming months and years, you guys are going to save a lot of animals. Sure, Dan. Uh, thank you. And if, if I can say um, to our listeners, check us out. Um, we're animalcarezone.org. 
Fantastic. Animalcarezone.org. And guys, remember this. This animal is not for the animals we're talking about, not the bad guys, the real animals. So you animals who are just haters and stuff, this ain't shit. This shit ain't for you. I'm telling you. Let's move on now to Pujix. Pujix, what is your, uh, basically, uh, after all that we said regarding this case, I just want to ask you one question. How did you get in touch with Meg, actually? Oh, I think you can guess that one. Is that (laughs) the man hub? Yeah. The man hub. Oh my gosh. So Meg, how do you know our man hub, aka Ishan? Um, so Ishan is also working in the environment and energy field. Um, so we connected professionally and now we're friends. Fantastic. Bravo. So this is all the time we have for. I hope you actually enjoyed our show. And hopefully if you have any uh, basically suggestions or thoughts on how we can actually improve the quality of the show, please let us know on our official website on Podbean, Beyond the Present podcast. And uh, I would like to actually thank all the listeners for uh, tuning in every single week. And hopefully we're going to see you guys next week right back here with another episode with other great guests with great minds. Thank you very much. My name is Daniel Mulgan and this was Beyond the Present Podcast. Podcast.